since our last phone call, a call that hit differently for both of us, a call that left you informed and inspired, a call that left me confused, hurt, and upset, angry, so angry that I ignored your calls for the rest of the week. I know you said to reach back out to you, but I couldn't, I wouldn't, I won't, because I don't think these conversations are fruitful. I don't think they're as benefiting as I don't think they are benefiting us as much as you wanted to. As much as we wanted to. You see, I'm learning in my experience as a black man on earth that my words carry weight. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. My words are pearls, and they are to be used in moments that will make an impact. To speak these powerful words means to do some weight training. I need to do research. I need to be out of my emotions when I speak to you or anyone for that matter because you deserve my very best. You deserve to hear exactly what I mean to say. You don't deserve me being caught off guard, not expecting your call, having to take deep breaths because I don't know how to prepare for whatever conversation we are about to undergo. It's just not fair to you for me to stumble over words and not be able to answer your questions. The sincere questions you have as a white man trying to understand the black experience. But even that in itself is something we both have to agree on. You will never understand the black experience. And the sooner we come to grips with this, the better. Because once we both comprehend this, we will be free to navigate through this era of civil rights. Let's review some things that have been said in past conversations that I want to clear up. And while doing so, I will add some talking points of my own. First off, you don't have anything to fear. And I mean that with no harm. But this isn't Los Angeles in 1992. You, nor your handsome sons, need to worry about being members of the Reginald Denny fan club. Black people aren't going around looking to hurt white people. They are looking to share their hurt with white people. That is what you can expect. When your sons learn to drive, having them prepared for encountering the police will look different for them than it would my daughters. My beautiful mixed queens will have a higher chance of meeting the next Daniel Holtzclaw than your sons would meet the equivalent of Derek Chauvin. Anything can happen, but understand that the expectations of your sons doing the right thing will be higher. My nephews, not so much. Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, Anthony Mackie. All right. Their voices provided reasons as to why there's issues that the black community are correct to an extent. We can argue all day about black boys growing up with no father and the impact they may carry. We can argue about the environment they grew up in as to why statistical evidence can be gathered on the crimes committed there. We can post every Candace Owen video, every Hodge Twins video, where they work overtime to silence Black Lives Matter, to appease the people who don't need appeasing. But none of that supersedes the black experience, which is different for all of us. We are not a monolith. Candace Owens lying about never experiencing racism is not the voice you need to hit your wagon to. Morgan Freeman spouting that the discontinuing of talking about racism will be the driving force behind eradicating said racism. Nah, that's not something you want to hit your wagon to. 
Having or not having a father in the picture isn't the all that ends all when it comes to the success rate of young black men. It has to be handled in a case-by-case basis. Just because what someone said has truth to it doesn't mean that the goal, the objective, the idea of that truth isn't intended to cause harm to our community. Now that Candace Owens has your ear, she'll drop irrelevant fans, uh, facts about Ahmad or George's record, which has nothing to do with their murder. She will say that the black person who is being used in the movement is a hero in the eyes of the black community when none of us view them as that. They are one of us who are no longer with us. And we say their names to make the situation real so that there will one day be a day where we never have to use another hashtag. If you haven't seen 846 by Dave Chappelle, please do so. It's on YouTube. He talks about the issues with taking the words of people like Candace as the voice of the black community. He talks about why it's dangerous to latch to those words, dripping with venom, being spewed to people who deem her words, all of her words, as truth, and who will tune out the rest of us because what we say hurts feelings. (laughs) There's a lot of language, but sometimes we need to hear shit that will offend us so that we can rise above the offense for the better good of society. And yes, I said shit on purpose and felt damn good about it. Feelings. Comfort. These are deadly in talks with white evangelicals who don't get it. An example of this was when Louis Giglio mentioned that another set of words we can use to replace or to amend the phrase white privilege should be white blessings. By being able to acknowledge that they have benefited from the curse of American slavery. They have received blessings from the curse. Another example would be Rod Parsley saying to forgive the founding fathers who themselves owned slaves. The issue with minimizing slavery in this case is that it intends to give a free pass to people who did some remarkable things in the eyes of our country's growth. Great people do stupid things. King David is known more for winning the battles than he is for adultery, murder, the subsequent death of the child that he had out of wedlock, his sons and the bloodshed that occurred, and so on. Part of talking about history is talking about all of history. And when we say just forgive them, it's obvious that we should forgive them. But forgiveness is a process. It's not one that should be rushed. What are we forgiving? We know, we should know what is being asked to move on from before doing so. That is why the words get over it are so damaging. If you haven't experienced the individual's journey, you can't understand what it will take to get over it. So let people take their time to do so or you risk them relieving those hurtful events over and over again. How does that equate to slavery? Well, think about where the country went after slavery was abolished and blacks were freed. Were they really free? Do we consider having everything we built burned to the ground freedom? Do we believe that keeping blacks and whites away from each other freedom? When you can't share a drinking fountain, when you can't eat inside of a restaurant, when you can't marry someone of a different race, when you have different schools, different sports leagues, different sides of towns, do you consider that freedom? Let's camp on housing for a minute. You know that we weren't allowed to buy homes in suburbs, right? You also know that property taxes feed into the school systems of those communities, right? So if you can't live in a nice neighborhood and are forced to live in a not-so-nice neighborhood which doesn't attract well-known franchises, which results in low income all around, and people um, will fight to get the things they don't have, crime goes up, deaths go up, all within that community. 
Not necessarily black on black crime, but crime, period. So when not so nice members of law enforcement come in thinking that this community is a bunch of savages and tries to keep them in line, the chances of police related deaths go up as well. Would any of this be the case if black Americans were treated as equals when they were brought here? We weren't brought here to be equal. We were brought here as free labor to breed more laborers and to help those who wanted to escape being cursed uh, and to help those who wanted to escape being persecuted for their religious beliefs get through them and the, through that out the window when it came to natives who already lived here and the blacks who were brought here. We weren't brought here to be equal. We were bought here as free labor to breed more laborers and to help those who wanted to escape being persecuted for their religious beliefs. Even though they threw that out the window when it came to the natives who already lived here and the blacks who were brought here. So when you look at our history from the inception of America until now, can you blame us for not letting this one go? That's why the protesting keeps happening. That's why rioting and looting happens. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing because at the end of the day, whether or not we agree with the burning and destroying of properties doesn't change the fact that many of Americans have ancestors who were brought here as property and were destroyed. History has simply repeated itself. So what can we do? We can listen to the group that is hurting and not try to make sense of how we feel about it. We can process what is being said and research the answers to the questions we have. We can teach our kids that not everyone in this country is treated the same and to never discredit the pain someone else is going through because we're tired of hearing about it. We can say their names. We can say Black Lives Matter and stop being afraid of people thinking we are aligned with the organization when regardless of that, the statement itself is an absolute. We can stop looking to our black brothers and sisters to provide the narrative, we need to speak out against the individual covert and systemic racism. When you do this, we are much closer to being equal. I hope you read every word I wrote. I hope you've heard every word I've said. I needed the space to be able to do so. And one day we might be able to have this conversation face to face. But before that can happen, you need to hear me. Because even though we may have shared a platform together to worship the Lord, when the service ended, you heading home to your family is different than me heading home to mine. And I pray one day we both understand the truly diverse meaning of now entering our mission field. I love you, brother, white skin and all. You are not my enemy. You are my blood. You are critical to racial equality in this country. You may now enter your mission field.